You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the next Keep Canada Weird episode. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is an ongoing series in which my pal Aaron and I seek out and explore some of the more interesting Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, Aaron and I talk romance scammers, a throne coffee, a throne egg, and we catch up with the Caligrews Newfoundland Rat Lady. So let's get into it. Aaron, it's a beautiful day here in Halifax. It's March break, and I'm recording in a different spot than normal because there's a kid staying in my studio space. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, You know, it's nighttime here in the nighttime podcast, so I don't, you know, saying it's a beautiful day is inaccurate, I think. Uh, I don't know if you experienced the weather I did today. Here in Halifax, it was unseasonally warm. It was... um, not sweater weather, not t-shirt weather. It would be what I call long sleeve t-shirt weather. But it's 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 back to being cold again. Yeah, as the sun falls and nighttime uh-huh. ascends. Um, what's new in your life? Um, nothing. Stop asking me that. <laughs> right, well, one day I'm going to ask you, and you'll be like, "Listen, listen, you're not going to believe." <laughs> what I should I should keep it easy and be like, you know, what are you watching on TV or on Netflix? Do you got any any kind of content you're digesting? Um, well, I just finished the Pam and Tommy series on Disney Plus. Oh. oh, that looks like trash. Was it as trashy as I thought it would be? Uh, you're trash. So let's start off that way. I'm mad now. Okay. Okay. You got me mad. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not even talking about Tim Hortons, and I'm already furious. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the whole Pam and Tommy Lee saga, that was it's just like an embarrassing kind of thing that happened throughout, you know, our golden years um, that I choose not to revisit that. I, I'll leave that behind. I didn't know you were so affected by it, though. Why are you so bothered by that? Uh, mainly because of the music he made in that era. Like, I, I yeah, like Motley Crue, but... like the classic Motley Crue. But when he was at the point that he was with... Pamela Lee uh, or Pamela Anderson, it, it, he he was done with Motley Crue and he went kind of like solo and he did this kind of like rap rock thing. Uh, and there's mm. this one song mm. he made that is some people say it is the worst song of all time. And he's kind of like rapping about the porno tape that they made to like the sound of like crappy Limp Bizkit kind of music or something. Um, yeah. Anyway, so because of that, I, I'm not interested in that documentary. Well, it's not a documentary. Um, that, oh, sorry, that series, which is even worse. Yeah, it's not. Well, it doesn't get into a lot of the like it. It touches on some of the Motley Crue stuff, but it doesn't get into like his solo stuff or like anything he did really after that. Um, there's some Motley Crue things that are related to the story at the time that that's going on for him, you know, kind of the the band being at a downturn, uh, you know, musically at the time and in their careers. So it, it gets into a bit of that, um, but the story mostly focuses on Pam and Tommy and how they were kind of handling the situation, the tape being stolen and released and about the guy who stole it, you know, the yeah. character uh, played by Seth Rogen. 
Yeah, for people who don't know what had happened, it's they were like a celebrity couple who had a homemade uh, sexual tape, and somebody like stole it and sold it. Uh, and it was kind of like the first. It's I think anyway, it was like the first time something like that happened, and it made both of them like even more famous. And then since then, that seems to be like a nowadays that's like a marketing move for up and coming like mm. social socialites. You can think of like dozens of kind of socialite people we won't need to name them that have had dirty tapes i would know nothing about Mm -hmm. it but i've read that it's common um the reason i asked what you were watching and what you're into is because my um online viewing binge watching stuff and keep canada weird topics have kind of merged uh and, and i'll tell you why is that what i just kind of went on i didn't intend to do this but i went on like back to back series that I watched on Netflix, I guess it was Netflix, on streaming services that are about kind of like romance scams and online uh, identity theft scammer type people. I watched the Tinder Swindler on some streaming service. Mm -hmm. So and and that was about a guy who was using Tinder to meet women in eventually and he was doing it using like a fake name and a fake lifestyle. But really what he was doing was he was just getting money from these these women and using the money that was coming in to make himself appear rich and important so that he could get other women. So he'd be using mm-hmm. money that he scammed from woman A to impress woman B, get her money to impress woman C, and it just went on and on until he eventually gets caught. So that was the Tinder swindler. And then when I finished that, and, and I should say the Tinder swindler is your typical kind of romance scam, and that's something we're both to talk about. But when I finished watching Tinder Swindler, I went on to Inventing Anna, which is a series on Netflix mm-hmm. about a young woman who also created this fake identity and fake life that involved social media and scamming friends and businesses as a way to get money to live and perpetuate this kind of fake life. Um, So I guess because of watching those two series, the idea of like romance scams and, you know, people just being scammers and living fake lives on the Internet have had made this one story pop out to me and I want to start with it um like a lot of people whether or not you've seen those two series that I just mentioned a lot of people get the idea and the concept of like a romance scam which is someone who goes on the internet meets someone else all with the guise of getting them to send them money or whatnot And, and you see stories about that pop up in the papers every so often when it happens to someone they go public and it becomes a you know, a a news story for a minute. Um, But I didn't realize how prominent it was. So when we collected the stories for this episode, um, that was one of the first first ones that I sent to you was uh, a story about how common romance scams are in Canada. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'll read through some of the article, but I think if my memory serves me before jumping in, I think they're like the second most common type of financial scam, which is kind of wild. And this is something I did not share with you, is I Uh have a personal story about an online dating scam that I did. To someone else or? Yes, to someone else. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. Okay. After we go through the story. Okay, because I also, as you were saying it, I remember a sort of online dating scam that you fell victim to. Uh, I'll remind you that when we get into it. 
Maybe you didn't fall victim. Or actually, it wasn't online dating. It, it was wasn't online. No, that was, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it happened on my birthday, I think. No, actually. it was my birthday. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. let me let me read the article. <laughs> this is a, a Vancouver Sun article I came across that I want to share with the headline, Online dating scams are now among the most common ways to, loon, to lose money to fraud in Canada. Blair Wortley met a man on dating app Hinge in September of 2021. He was smart, he was successful, and he said all the right things. He was very charismatic and outgoing and and to the point, and he seemed to know what he was looking for. Having someone who seemed very engaged in asking the questions and keeping my attention, well, that was very appealing, said Wortley, who lives in Calgary, Alberta. She became became suspicious after the man failed to e-transfer her money for a dinner date that he insisted he would pay for. After some social media stalking, her friend came across a photo of his ID on Facebook with a comment underneath from a woman who claimed to have been scammed by him. Worley says she soon discovered that he was targeting single women in their 30s and had convinced them to send him money for things like tech deals or lavish vacations. While Wortley lost only $90 from her dinner date, she said other women alleged they got scammed by the man for two to $3,000 on average. Wortley's hinge date was just one of many alleged swindlers who'd been recently reported to authorities after investment fraud, romance scams cost Canada the most money in 2021, according to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. So my, my, just to interrupt for a sec, my uh, stat was right. It's the second, uh, after investment fraud, romance mm. scams are the, are the second most common. Most common financial scam in the country? Yeah. Uh, wow. In 2021, anyway. So I'm going to get back wow. into the article because we're in the end. So the, the center, meaning the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center, received 1,928 reports of romance scams in 2021, which totaled more than $64 million. Is that not a wild number for Canada? Um, yeah. Although... Although Sue LeBan, a call center supervisor at the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center, says this number is likely heavily underestimated, data shows that less than 5% of the victims report the fraud. And as Canadians emerge from pandemic isolation and seek out emotional connection online, dating app users need to stay vigilant and do their research after they swipe right to avoid breaking the bank and their hearts. Whoever wrote oh, this is good. Oh, nice, nice line at the end to really, uh, yeah, humiliate well, the uh, people who were scammed. Well, it, they get a bit. They get into. I'm going to read just a bit more because they get into a section on this article about how romance scammers actually do it. I'm just going to read some of it, and then I want to hear how you scam someone. Mm-hmm. So this this section in the article is how do romance scammers swindle their victims? They imitate the person's life, how they live, to match their own profile. For example, if the person they're targeting is a golfer, well, then they're great at golfing. Scammers may use psychological tactics to gain a victim's trust, like professing their love immediately or sending them gifts, and often work in groups with other scammers to help each other exploit their victims' weaknesses. Wortley, who works in the wireless industry, says the man she spoke to likely found her profile on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. He's like, hey, I used to work for Google. I actually know your company. And then he name dropped someone <laughs> from my company. He'd also mentioned that his family owned a ranch and he had two horses. Funnily, ironically enough, my family also owns a ranch and we had horses. He postponed their first date because he said he got in a car accident. Wortley was initially skeptical until she sent a photo of 
until he sent a photo of himself in a neck brace at the hospital. Turns out that photo was received by some of his other victims as well. When they rescheduled for dinner, she said he pretended to e-transfer her while at the table after telling her he forgot his wallet at work. She later told him she never received the e-transfer, and he told her his accounts were frozen and sent her a screenshot of a live chat with his bank. Uh, Lebin, who's from the Anti-Fraud Center, says scammers come up with various reasons for victims to send them money, such as cryptocurrency investment schemes, a hotel hospital or a hospital bill, or just a short-term loan. And sometimes they may ask you for money within a few days, while other will build a relationship for months or years beforehand. So yeah, that's that's kind of a. As I was reading what that scammer did to the woman in, in Alberta, that was very much like what I saw in both of those two um, Netflix series. That I yeah, watched. the the documentaries. Yeah, because um, when I was reading that article earlier, I was like, oh yeah, that sharing the picture of him in the hospital was exactly what the Tinder swindler did. Yeah, he he claimed um, to get he was being followed and beat up, and he sent a picture. Yeah, of himself yeah, all he had like the mob after him or something, and he was lying in the ambulance, the picture he had taken or something of him being beaten up, and it was the same picture he used on other victims as well. So it looks like it's a very patternistic type uh, behavior that uh, they all kind of use the same tools and tricks of the trade. And, and social media, dating sites, uh, online, um, uh, not phone books, but just spots where your information is like any information uh, on you that's out there. Someone who wants to take advantage of you can use all that stuff to their advantage. We heard in that article, he uh, found out where she worked and mm-hmm. probably on some other directory found like the name of an employee or something just to make himself seem you know seem in there and it's that's so disgusting that that can happen but it doesn't at all surprise me that it happens and the like just to make it to show how real it is if in 2021 65 million dollars was stolen from canadians there are a lot of like industries like smaller industries that don't make 65 million dollars in sales over mm-hmm. a year yeah. and then you consider the fact that the the woman from the anti-fraud center that was quoted in the article said only about five percent of the people report it so you're talking about a huge industry in romance scams yeah yeah nuts. well that's the thing is because you say people are when that when it happens to them they're embarrassed about it mm-hmm. and they don't want to come out and admit that they were scammed in that way you know because it, it is an embarrassing way to go about it people you know online dating and app dating and everything is much more accepted socially now it's you know in, with the younger generation people in their 20s like that's really the only way they do it for the most part yeah in a younger generation like it's 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 normal but in your 30s where i guess this is you know uh, the age demographic that these scammers are targeting there, mm-hmm. you know, there might be um, more embarrassment in that type of a crowd, maybe that um, are like, not only was I scammed, but I was scammed when I was doing online or app dating or something. And it just makes them feel me maybe even more embarrassed, even though it's, it's a totally normal thing to do. And, and people get scammed in all different areas of their lives, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just as easily fall victim for this type of scam as any others. There's there's a million ways you can fall victim to someone who wants to separate you from your money. I just think the idea of a romance scam, it's it's playing on this 
this part of humanity and and playing on the kind of emotions that are just seems so sensitive and delicate. It's almost it's like I put them on the same level as someone who's like you know scamming children hospitals or like running like fake cancer charities or something. Mm. It just seems like mm-hmm. they're preying on you People's know the emotions, weak and vulnerable yeah, when they're kind yeah. of they're on there looking to meet someone, connect with someone um establish a, a bond and a trust with someone that they can potentially share the rest of their lives with and and yeah they prey on that and it's and it's awful mm-hmm. um but what i didn't expect you to say you actually were the uh, perpetrator of an online romance scam what did you do i got a free ice cream out of a date one time on tinder how did this happen? Uh, well, here's how I did it. I actually wasn't scamming anybody, <laughs> but here's how I did it. From her, <laughs> from her perspective, it could have looked like I was. So, um, you know, I was in a very long-term relationship, you know, for 11 years, and then um, shortly after the pandemic, uh, we had broken up, and so. Um, about two or three months after that, I decided to uh, maybe give Tinder a try, you know, because I had heard about it. But when Tinder rose to popularity, I was, you know, deep in a committed relationship and wasn't something that I ever had a chance to try or know much about. So I was excited to try it. Um, anyway, so I went on and set up a profile and started chatting with people and, and and doing the whole thing uh so then i went out on my for i i chatted with this girl for a while and and went out made plans to go for uh, an ice cream date as a first date you know and this is the first date that i had been on you know in god knows how long you know since mm-hmm. whatever so we made she lived out of town. So we made plans to, as she was heading back to her home, she's like, I have about an hour. Maybe we can meet up and just kind of, you know, grab an ice cream and, and chat. And I'm like, yeah, sounds good. So we went to this uh, very famous ice cream place uh, in the Cape Breton area, which is called Lick a Treat, which oh, is yes. directly next to the chicken place called Lick a Chick. So, Which is across the street from the Tim Hortons that Jesus Christ appeared. On yeah. The side so of. this is in the this is in the uh, Bermuda Triangle of uh, you know of, of strange <laughs> Cape Breton places. Um, so anyway, we showed up there and you know met in the parking lot and like, hey, how you doing? Oh, great. You know, let's let's go in and um, we went into the liquor trees and got into the lineup and I was like, okay, yeah, let me get this, my treat. You know, it was my first date in a long time and I was kind of, you know, trying to make sure I did the right things or whatever, having no idea what to do. And got up to the register and I said, oh yeah, no, I'll get this. She's like, no, no, I'll, I'll get it. I'm like, no, 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 please let me, let me, my treat, my treat. Um, ordered the ice creams and then went to pay and they're like oh we don't take debit and i was like oh i don't have any cash and they're like oh and then i look back at her and she she's like i got it i got cash and i'm Mm. like oh god this is not off to a great start for me no um so then she paid for the ice cream and then you know at this point in time i had already given up 
Yeah. You got your <laughs> so ice cream. So we went out, done, I guess. sat on the curb, and ate our ice creams, and uh, we chatted for you know maybe twenty minutes, half hour or something, and then you know she left, and I never called her back after that. But from her perspective, it probably looked like this guy's just looking for free milkshakes. Before we move on to the upcoming topics and what the plan for this show is, we have some listener mail. Uh, Usually I get to it right to the start, but I was just too excited to get into both what I was watching and um, the plague of uh, of romance scams that are affecting the country. Uh, Since our last episode, we've, we've heard from several people with various pieces of feedback or comments or follow up. So I, w- I want to go through a few of them one by one. And I'm going to start with something a little dark. This is um, a follow up to probably three or four weeks ago. We talked about we had like kind of our medical special. Mm-hmm. And one of the people we talked about was uh, Dr. Gom, who was a dentist in Halifax, who was recently arrested. Um, for abusing patients as well as facing a class action lawsuit. Uh, We talked about his alleged crimes, um, but a listener of our show wanted to give us even more information on what may have or what had happened in their experience. Hey, Jordan. Um, My name is M. I'm going to call myself M. Um, My sister and I were uh, victims of that sadist gom. She's 50 and I'm 45, and um, she just saw a dentist for the first time three years ago, and uh, she's never been able to smile. She covers her mouth. She's missed weddings. She's she's so embarrassed. It's affected her whole life, and um, this has traumatized me. I have all this rage and everything that I had to go through with therapy. I mean, the the damage this psycho has done is next level. And, um, we saw him when we were kids and, uh, anyway, uh, thanks for everything you do and please feel free to contact me if you need anything at all. Uh, thanks for bringing light to this POS. Uh, thanks. And I love your podcast. Oh my God. I love you and Paul Polanco together. It's like next level. Cheers, pet. That's someone I could hear in her voice. She was definitely affected by, mm-hmm. by Gom. She sounded yeah. like, and it, you know, when someone has gone through something and they talk about it, you, you get this feeling of they're just like unloading i kind of felt like she was just letting it letting it go but Mm. man the idea of of having a dentist who's like abusive verbally and physically especially when you're a child that just seems so awful and yeah you can kind of almost um get more understanding of the people who eventually you know filed this lawsuit or pursued legal action you know, how they're approaching this, the trauma that they still have over this, how it's affected their lives. And and then when they maybe realize that, you know, my experiences with this dentist have completely left uh, emotional scars that I've been carrying my entire life and it's, and it's affected my life. So, Hmm. Uh, and she said her older sister, uh, who's now 50, hadn't even gone to a dentist like since then. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I could see that. Uh, let's move on to a follow-up uh, caller. This uh, this caller, Rose, um, phoned last week, I believe it was in last week's episode, to, uh, to give her feedback or her, her thoughts on Tim Horton's ice cream. 
We mm. weren't crazy about the idea. She certainly was. And she made a pretty obvious um, pitch for people visiting her community and her city and spending money there. We speculated that likely she is a plant um, yeah. from maybe the Tourist Bureau or works directly for Tim Hortons. Yeah. Uh, she wanted to stand up for herself. Here's I called her a narc, I think, was my exact term. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. It's Rose again. I feel like I have to comment. I'm still laughing at the narc comment. Um, farthest thing from it, however, I do work in law, but unless you're looking for a divorce, I'm absolutely of no use to you. Um, the bit about me being a tour agent, tourist agent for uh, Port Stanley, Ontario, absolutely. Wouldn't you be giddy to be home if you had to live in Glace Bay for the last year and a half? Cheers, guys. It's funny. Uh, so she must have been in Glace Bay for a while and then moved back. So she's excited about it. But it's funny because I just actually got an email earlier today from someone saying like, I don't know if it's like a joke or if you mean it, but you've made a lot of negative statements about Glace Bay over the last few episodes. Oh, uh, really? Not on, on not in this series, mm. but it just I've been doing this other series on the Missing in Canada series um, that mentioned Glace Bay twice. And both times I kind of made like underhanded remarks about Glace Bay. Uh, this one wasn't me. That was Rose who said that. But mm. does, does that give any more insight on who she is and whether she's a real person or uh, a marketing? I'm not convinced that, you know, I would have to dig deeper. We would have to do a financial investigation here to see, you know, follow the money. And that's, that's really what we need to do here. Like she says, yeah, like, yeah, I'm a lawyer and I just deal in divorce, but that's not to say that, uh, she's not, um, secretly working for Tim Hortons. I mean, we would have to get some kind of proof, uh, yeah. some kind of an I, I audit guess. of her, um, you know, tax returns and her, and her income to see where it all comes from and who really pays her. Yeah. Until then, I'd say, yeah, don't bother writing back, Rose. We yeah, can't. unless you're going to put some proof in that pudding. I don't uh, I don't take anything you say seriously. And, in fact, I don't believe you're a lawyer. Um, so there. Yeah, well said, man. So yeah. we got one more, and I, I worry how you're going to handle this one. So something we've talked a lot about, and something that you know that's bothered me is, um, so I talked about the straw. I've been using a metal straw on my pop. Mm-hmm. A listener anonymously wrote something or sent in a message that was pretty concerning and quite obviously like a thinly veiled threat. A death threat, uh, yeah, almost. I worry that your time has come. Okay, it was only a matter of time before someone targeted me, but I'm ready. I haven't heard this. This is my first time hearing it. Buckle up. So here we go. Hi, Jordan. This is Ellen calling in from the USA. I'd like you to know that drinking out of a straw is fine, but I have a bone to pick with Aaron. He mispronounced Reese's. He was saying Reese. So if anybody's getting a death threat, it should be Aaron. Thank you, Jordan. Bye-bye. So, wow. So, now, your, like, uh, threat that you got about drinking out of the straw, that caller kind of danced around it with a vague warning that could really mean anything. 
Um, my particular, you know, assailant. Um, we'll call him the suspect at this point because th- this hasn't gone to court yet. Yeah, yeah, has has used the literal words death threat. So, mm. but you know, I I understand and I agree that I that I am mispronouncing it not out of ignorance, but it's out of um, a habitual laziness that that Rhesus is harder to say than Reese. And I think a lot of people do have shortened it just to Reese, just out of pure kind of, um, you know, just habit and, and almost just through talking all the time, like, Oh, I'm gonna get some Reese's peanut butter cups. It's just over time, people just start saying Reese. I think um, I don't think mm. I'm the only person that does that. Um, I do know it's pronounced Reese's, and I do know that I was pronouncing it wrong, and I admit to that, and um, I apologize. But here's the argument I will make: that it's that after I purchase the cereal or the candy bar, it is no longer Reese's because then it belongs to me (laughs) once you pay for it and legally you own the bar or the cereal or whatever the product is it then changes to reese the possessive because yeah the apostrophe s is unnecessary it's no longer it'll be it'll be incorrect for me to use the apostrophe s you're onto something there because if they're so while they're on the store shelves so i'm going to talk about the pieces version while they're on the store shelves they still are Reese's pieces for sale. Mm-hmm. Reese is selling their pieces, so they're Reese's pieces. Right, right. You buy them, you now own them. Mm-hmm. The manufacturer is Reese, and they manufactured pieces, so they were Reese pieces that you own. Huh. Yeah, so I think, once I own them, it's these are Reese peanut butter cups at that point. But, but how do you compete, or how do you handle... Someone with that criticism and you, uh, I guess now you're you're leaning towards, you know, you're right. At least it seems that way. If they're throwing words around like death threat Mm -hmm. in Aaron, Mm -hmm. like they're putting your name in the same sentence as death threat. How do you even reason with this person? How do I reason with them? Oh, (laughs) Uh, I understand um, it can be very frustrating to hear someone mispronounce something over a a podcast. Um, And I understand that, you know, sometimes you just have to call in and say something and correct that person. Yeah, I think Ellen just needed to get that off her chest. I have the kind of stubborn attitude where I, even when I know I'm wrong, I will still at least throw a few reasons as to why i maybe might be actually right um well let's move into the or move on to the meat and potatoes of this episode we're we're already you know a half hour into this and we still got a lot ahead of us Mm. so what we have tonight um now that we're the listener mail and the um romance scams are out of the way i have two crime stories that both involved objects that shouldn't be thrown that were thrown. We have an update 
to, I don't know of an update, but a continuation of the saga of the Kelligrew's Rat Lady mm. that we were introduced yeah, to in yeah. last the last episode. And then we have more shenanigans related to the changing of names uh, to di- for uh, that allows Canadian companies or international companies to separate from Russia and what Russia is doing with the Ukraine. Um, I guess to start, let's... Um, let me start with the update about the the name changing in Russia. Sure. We we talked. Um, what was the example we had last week? We had like it was the, the, the Russian cats. Oh yes, the mm-hmm. the Putin uh, had changed their name. They they weren't using Putin as a fu to Putin. Uh, and I also mentioned the fact that the uh, International Cat Federation weren't accepting Russian breeds of cats. Right. Um, right. Well. I have another story along the same vein that is going to take us to downtown Vancouver. You can't tell now, but this business is called Russian Spoon, a bakery in downtown Vancouver serving a combination of Russian and Ukrainian food. Which is delicious. But on Thursday, they covered the word Russian after hateful calls and emails. Many negative sentences, a lot of swearing, all combination. We just spoon, spoon bakery for now. I saw the event on Facebook and I thought, this is a good opportunity to support a local business. This couple came out in support after seeing posts like this on social media. Media, urging people to buy pierogies on Friday. It's a great business. I used to be regular here. Great food. I'm asking people to come out and support them. Rowan Hidalgo says he wanted to do something to help. They don't deserve this. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be afraid. Not in Canada. So I, I like the spoon. Yeah, the spoon is nice. Um, it's it's a fine name for any establishment that deals with food and eating. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this story is unfortunate. Like it's you know, it's they're all they live here. You know, like they they left Russia whenever. You know, but like mm. it's even people who live in Russia now. Like this is you know, like it's again not not to get too deep into this you know, world event that's going on right now, because it's not really what this show is about. But um... I I just think on its surface, that's a quirky story. And if you hear the interview, when you hear the interview with her um, kind of defending her position and, and giving the background, it you can laugh at it. But at the same time, it is kind of a complicated issue with, mm-hmm. you know, how who you choose to kind of like you, there's a there's certainly um, a reason that people are not doing business with Russian-owned companies or not doing business with Russians and uh, and you know the sanctions and all these sorts of things. Like I I understand all that, but it's like uh, I just worry that in some situations it could be flying a bit you know out of control. But in this case, it certainly is because it seems that what it is is just random people calling her and it's like bordering on like a hate crime or something. Yeah, just well, call it's... that business because it has Russia in the title and curse at the owner. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's again, it's, I don't know. Because, I, you know, you've, you've heard of some of that happening. You know, I heard about a Russian uh, theater, you know, um, I can't remember where it was at, somewhere in Canada that um yeah it was vandalized and you know it's it's just a theater showing you know russian movies and um yeah you know it's i don't know it's, it's stuff like that is just really 
disappointing to see because it's so mm-hmm. unconnected to what the actual issues are here. The, you know, um, it's a completely almost when you're doing that, writing off an entire large group of people for the actions of, of a few. It's kind of. Yeah. Of a, of a leader in mm. their followers. It's almost like, you know, it, well, it's completely different, but when, Trump in was the election is fixed and all that stuff. It'd be like if you didn't agree with with him and you chose to target like America and Americans and you're like mm. American Eagle shouldn't be in the mall. Yeah, you know, these yeah. sorts of things. It's, just, it's, 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 it's except American Eagles like a, it's mm. yeah. Another difference is American Eagles like a big chain where the Russian spoon is like this lady owns you know this little like greasy spoon at the mall food court sort of thing so it's even worse um treat treat them with respect and and don't bring this down on them well said um let's move on to the next one here so we have a back-to-back crime stories we'll get into that and then we'll wrap it up and end with um further pursuing the rat lady so since this is uh we have our segment on the show called crime in canada these are going to be back-to-back crime stories so i'm going to hit that intro and then we'll get into both of these this week in crime in canada and i got some horrific crimes to tell you about uh, i don't want to make light of them though too much because both of these are pretty awful but are notable because they are certainly offbeat and weird uh the theme for these this segment of the show is going to be two recent crimes that involve thrown objects Mm. Uh, the first one is going to take us to nanaimo bc Uh, this is an an article by the times columnist uh, from march 12th it's just a couple days back the headline is police called on person or sorry Police call on person who threw egg that knocked man out to take responsibility. Here's the article. James Chapman says he's still feeling a little woozy and shaken up and has a welt on his head after being hit by a raw egg thrown from a passing vehicle in Nanaimo last month. Nanaimo RCMP are calling on whomever threw the egg and knocked out the 37 and knocked the 37 year old man unconscious to step up and take responsibility for their actions and call the police. The incident happened about 10.45 p.m. on February 25th on Uplands Drive near the turnoff to Edgewater Lane. Chapman said he doesn't remember exactly what took place, but he said that he and three friends had just left one of their homes when he was struck. The next thing I knew I was on the ground concussed, he said. I woke up literally in the ambulance going to the hospital. They put me in a neck brace because they didn't know if I ended up doing any damage to my neck. He said he was bleeding from the right side of his head and the blood was mixed with bits of shell and other egg residue. Police said Chapman and his friends were standing on a bus stop on the west side of Uplands Drive when a small, dark-colored vehicle drove by and the egg was thrown from a passenger window, hitting Chapman in the head and knocking him to the ground. We believe that the person who threw the egg probably didn't intend to cause injury and may have no idea what actually happened, said Constable Gary O'Brien. O'Brien said if the egg thrower pro said even if the egg thrower probably didn't mean to hurt anyone, the intent was clearly to hit somebody. We've seen this before, he said. It's a juvenile prank. 
point. Chapman said he's not angry at this point. He's just confused about the whole incident. Why would people target a guy like me? I'm just an average Joe that goes to work every day. Chapman says he is hoping those responsible will own up to what they did. I'd love to see them come forward and say, hey, we did it. We're the guys that hit you in the head with the egg. He said he was thankful for the man who pulled over to help him right after the incident. He was a nurse of all things. He drove up and checked up on me. And then it ends with Nanaimo RCMP are calling for anyone with information to contact them at 250-754-2345. So my first question is how does an egg knock you out cold? Like, did it knock him over and he hit his head or did the egg, like, what the heck happened? Well, I guess it's the, because you know when you take an egg, uh, if you've ever done this experiment, um, and you take an egg um, standing upright and you pinch it from the bottom and the top and squeeze as hard as you can, the egg won't crack. But if you squeeze it from the sides, it will crack very easily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I guess... The way they threw it, the egg must have hit at the very top, you know, like coming where, straight at, you know, wherever it hit him. Yeah. With the yeah, hard it, part of the egg. Yeah, because from one, like in one corner of the egg and from a certain direction, it's like it might as well be a rock. So if it fired mm. at him and it just happened to hit him in that direction. Hmm. That's interesting. That could be it. I, I think it's either that or, again, it happened in February, late February. There could have been ice. Getting hit in the face with an egg would, you know, I could see that knocking you over. And, you know, people can fall and hit their heads and get knocked out. But I guess um, this this story, the man hit Chapman. He is calling on the suspects to turn themselves in. Do you think mm. that is ever going to happen? No, but it would be really cool if they did. <laughs> it would just it would be, be epic. Yeah, what what would you like I'm I'm thinking this is probably some teenagers who were out throwing eggs. I wouldn't people. even say I'd say they could be as old as uh 25. Okay. So this is some young men and women or and or women uh out throwing eggs from a car. If they see this article like, at the time when they threw the egg, they probably thought, like, oh, my God, I hit him in the head and he fell over. And mm. they just kept driving. Uh, if they see this article and see how far it's gone, do you think his that article comes across in a way that would maybe pull at their heartstrings and lead them to be sympathetic in any way? Like, does that – do you think they have a chance? Um, well, I mean, I understand the fact that egg throwing is um, a prank – that has been around since the beginning of eggs. Yeah, I like that the cop reveals that this. Is, we see this all the time. No, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> nothing to worry it's about. Like, uh, friendly neighborhood folks. It, this we've seen this all the time, and it's you know, it's it's a juvenile prank. That's like yeah, <laughs> that's obvious. Yeah, is there anyone reading this article like an egg thrown? Like what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Eggs are for eating. No, <laughs> the world is upside down. Russia's in Ukraine. People are throwing eggs. <laughs> what? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like I've thrown eggs. We've all thrown eggs, and maybe not at somebody's head, but in the direction of somebody, or you know, uh, I've been hit mm -hmm. with eggs before walking down well, the street. Certainly. You know, the same crime that this article speaks of. I remember walking down the street one day with my guitar and someone in a car threw an egg at me. Hmm. Um, Jill in the chat makes a good point. Is 
the the article does say that he had egg shell and residue on his head so the egg clearly broke oh okay so he must have got hit in the temple which would do it because for some people a temple is like an on-off switch you get hit in there and you know you're down but i guess uh i don't know it's it, in reading the article what you don't get is uh hearing him speak i watched a short interview with him where he pleads for the people who threw the eggs to come forward and he gives a bit of like kind of i guess like medical background he talks about how he has um a disorder that led to one leg being longer than the other. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if his balance is, is a little off for that reason, yeah. possibly. And that's kind of what led me to think maybe that's why he fell over, if he fell over. Um, but he also comes across as a someone you would um, feel like sympathetic for. He, he talks about in the clip I saw, he talks about having a like a learning disability. Mm-hmm. And he just seems like it, it just seems like it happened to like a really nice guy uh and yeah i think whoever did it they didn't i'm sure they didn't mean to do this kind of harm no i don't think they did i think it was more like you know eggs might give you a bit of a sting or something but they're not gonna really hurt anybody and it's yeah it's a it's over the span of time it's mostly been a harmless prank Mm -hmm. um Um, yeah and and then kyle mcdonald says in the chat that if it's thrown out of a moving vehicle, maybe it, the relative velocity would have been higher. Oh, that's true. Moving. If the vehicle is moving in the same direction mm. he was throwing it, yeah, that could make... Because that's what I was yeah. thinking. I'm like, you'd have to throw an egg really hard for it to take somebody out like that. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting. Well, let's move on to the next thrown object crime story. This one is... Uh, darker and more concerning and it and it stretches on over a longer period of time like what we just heard with the egg it was about like a month from when it happened to this article um this current uh, the story i'm going to get into now spans much longer period of time i'm going to start by backing up 22nd of october 2021 so what was that five months ago uh the article is do you know her question mark vancouver police department are looking for a person who threw hot coffee at a Tim Hortons employee. So here in in the article, you see a photo of a, a, a woman with uh, green and black hair and a leather jacket, all dressed in black. I'm going to read a bit of the article. Vancouver police are asking for the public's help in identifying a person who allegedly threw a coffee at a Tim Hortons employee. A woman entered the downtown Eastside coffee shop near Pender and Abbott Street at 10 a.m. Wednesday and ordered a cup of coffee. Surveillance footage released by Vancouver police shows the employee serves the woman coffee, which the customer then immediately throws into the employee's face before leaving the restaurant. In a news release, uh, the police say the employee was not seriously injured, but investigators are determining to work to deter- the investigators are working to determine if hate, prejudice, or bias played a role in the alleged assault. It's appalling, and then they're quoting the police, it's appalling that she was subjected to this type of, of abuse. The employee was just trying to do her job. The woman is described as white, 25 to 30 years old, with black and green shoulder-length hair, wearing a black rain jacket, jeans, and boots, carrying a camouflaged colored backpack, and they're asking for anyone with information to contact Vancouver police. So um, in the article there, you heard... Um, 
they talk about investigating if like bias or prejudice or racism or anything could come into play. And I think the reason they're they're looking at those as possible motives is there's no exchange in the video, which I've watched several times. Uh, you see the person is just orders a coffee, stands there for a second without talking to anyone. The clerk, you know, makes a coffee and passes it to her. And the person who did it just takes the coffee, takes the lid off the coffee cup and throws the hot coffee in the employee's face and then walks out. Mm, it's like, yeah. what the heck? Um, but the reason I'm reading an October I'm telling you about an October incident is because there's been a development. All right. And I think this is a good one. A woman has now been arrested and charged with assault for allegedly throwing hot coffee on a Tim Hortons employee. Norma Reed is following this in the Breaking News Center. Well, tonight, Mijung police announcing they made an arrest March 4th. Viewers will remember this video of the attack that happened last October 20th. We've heard a lot about unprovoked attacks recently. Police say this is an example of one. 27-year-old Megan Russell has been charged with assault with a weapon. It happened at the Tim Hortons location near Abbott and Pender. As you can see in the video, there doesn't seem to be an obvious reason that Russell allegedly threw hot coffee into this employee's face. VPD are thanking the public tonight because it was their tips that helped them catch a suspect. Megan Russell, who is um, 27 years old, is charged with assault with a weapon. That's how yeah, get, and that's the line that that I found so interesting. The assault with a weapon. With a weapon, because then now they have made the legal precedent that Tim Hortons coffee is a weapon. Well, I think it's not so much the Tim Hortons coffee as like boiling hot water is is a weapon. I think that's the no. Right it's 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 very specific to being Tim Hortons coffee. In my um, opinion. Uh, yeah, Tim Hortons coffee is a weapon, as, as would be regular hot, scalding hot water thrown in someone's Here's face. Here's the thing, like, though. A... Is there cream in the coffee? Because I, I looked like there was cream in it, right? Oh, yeah. When you video? look at the video, it is like a tanned color. So yeah, if yeah. it's like a triple-triple, so it's not If this that hot. individual um, was looking to to do the most damage possible they would have asked for their coffee black oh imagine that was their defense like it like if you said it like if the lawyers like we're gonna plead that this was you know you didn't intend to do harm it was mm -hmm. a prank gone wrong if you wanted to hurt this employee because of her race you know or what like because it looks like that's what it is i don't know the race or what it is about the employee that would lead them to think this but you know if you really wanted to do harm you would have gotten black coffee so we're going to our defense is going to be you know you got a double double which you usually drink you know that would be an interesting defense mm -hmm. uh, and and they, they would have a leg to stand on i guess but i guess if i was the lawyer uh, prosecuting her i would say that maybe she made the decision after she ordered the coffee to no, do it's that a very already... quick um decision to make there you know um so it's a big decision because she's, she's going to get in some trouble but why would she do it you see these kind of stories all the time with people well have we heard from like, anyone else who was working in that moment you know did they interview anybody else that was there in the restaurant that was like what did they have to say about it 
Yeah, not in these articles, but the video, I think, tells a pretty complete story because in the video you see her order, stand and wait. But we don't have any audio in the video. Yeah, that's true. But, I, I, like, when you see a story like this, your first thing, get my first thought would be, like, they probably told her she had to wear a mask or, you know, or, like, we're, gave her the or wrong maybe order she gave and her she the stink out. Maybe she was like, oh, this person stinks. Are you trying to defend the woman who threw the coffee in the other person's I'm face? just trying to get the whole story here because, to me, it's like, you know, this person unprovoked as as what they're saying, you know, through the hot coffee. And, like, was there a subtle provoking a microaggression. That, we that we can't see in the video? Was there a, a sneer? Was there a... Uh, um, you know, uttering something under their breath of like, oh, whatever, you know, like, I don't know. Your order, your order sucks. Yeah, you um, you should. You want that coffee, do you? Tim Horton's <laughs> coffee sucks. What do you want that for? <laughs> In reality, you know, it, I don't condone anyone throwing hot coffee in anyone's face. And if, and especially not when it's unprovoked, because there are situations where I would think like, well, that's what we're being told that it was unprovoked, but this person was provoked by something. Yeah, that's that's true. And it could be something internal because or external, if they, they, real or It could or be something internal. It could be something um, that just happened to them before they walked in the door. And I don't know. It could be a number of things. Something provoked this person. Do you think that there's a... a some situations where you could be justified in throwing a coffee. But that's where we face. don't have enough information here, I think. But can you imagine a situation? You don't have to say what it is, but can you imagine a situation where you would be like, good, I'm glad they threw a hot coffee in that person's face? I guess you could, right? I can. No, of course. If I saw somebody hurting an animal, I would say, yeah, throw an animal or a the child. Hottest, order your coffee black and throw it in their face. Mm. So, um, but yeah, someone is just at their job, doing, trying to do their job, getting hot coffee thrown in their face. I, I do not agree with that. I do not support it. Um, nobody deserves that. Um, but I think there has to be some context and some understanding of what brought this person to the point where they seemingly randomly threw hot coffee in someone's face. There's got to be more to that side of the story. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to learn that context when it actually sees a courtroom. Um, let's move on to our final segment. Keep calling it an update. This isn't an update. Uh, it's, it's a continuation of something we talked about in last week's episode. When we end it last week i played a clip um a news clip a cbc clip of the quote-unquote kelligrew rat lady a listener named meg from newfoundland said you know there's this crazy thing that happened in my town involving rats which was in reference to something we talked about the week prior we played the clip of uh deanna king was her name um basically losing her mind because cbc was filming filming her uh her garbage bin her garbage mm -hmm. box i think mm -hmm. she she called it so we watched we watched and talked about the video but i didn't realize that there was way more that happened afterwards multiple follow-up articles about deanna king uh that are really interesting um there's there's two of them that i want to get through that really tell the story so that video happens 
the, that we talked about last week that ends with the whole like I'm gonna throw garbage over your fence. Uh, wrong song, wrong song, and nine one one party. Call nine one one. The party's on the dance floor. Yeah. You know that whole thing. Of course, that made her a viral celebrity. So the next thing that happens is, uh, I think it was like a month or so after that article, or maybe a year and a month. Anyway, um, the same journalist reaches out to Deanna King and does a story on De- how that viral, or how that clip led to her becoming an internet celebrity. Deanna, what do you make of your newfound fame? To be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm totally at an awe. Like, I'm enjoying this, like, I'm running with this. Um, the, the, the friends, like, it's not, they're just not friends anymore, they're fans. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Just, I got fans. Like, who would have thought my big mouth would have gained me fans? But it did. <laughs> so <laughs> and, what um, kind of feedback have you been getting? Um, a lot of, uh, it's funny, you're awesome, I love, loves you, gotta meet you, like, you know, they want me to go out to the Salmon Fest, host that. Um, like, I got a few, I was an embarrassment, uh, you know, you're an effing retard. Um, I, I, oh, what was the one from away? Something to do with being a Newfoundlander, I was an, embar- I'm an embarrassment to Newfoundland, and I'm like, oh, the hell with you, man, all Newfoundland loves me, like, but, <laughs> whatever, you know, but that's it, like. And how'd your sister react? She wasn't very happy with you. She is the one that said I was an embarrassment. <laughs> but, like, you know, she's Miss Prim and Proper at the same time. She would never conduct herself like that in any manner. She just would have went up and softly spoke to the individual in, in, a, in a calm manner rather than, no, I went off my head. <laughs> so when I was here a few weeks ago, I mean, you came out, you didn't put on, you didn't care that I had a camera. Oh, absolutely. I didn't know what, I didn't know what it was first. Like, cause like I said, the girl, the lady was already here from CBS just spoke to me. Like I kind of went at her like a little bit of a savage too at first, you know what I mean? Then when it, like you, she wasn't gone five minutes and then I saw the three of come around and I'm like, oh, it's camera and all that, like, hmm, lovely. But the minute you put that camera on my garbage, I knew right to hell what this while you were here, and of course the rest is history. Yeah. So I mean, some people look at that and wonder, is she always like that? Um, I'm known to be a big mouth, have a big mouth. I speak my mind, no ifs, ands, or buts, whether I'm right or wrong. But at that moment, I was right. Don't listen. They're not looking for wood. They were looking for a chicken bone. That's why they're in your backyard, not not in you know, not there. Like so, no, that was it. <laughs> but no, that's who I am. Like, I am known as the watchdog here. Like, you know, there's a, a comment went up on Facebook. That was the lady who caught me peeing on the store, and she called me a C. Yeah, you know, so it's all funny. Like, yeah, but everybody here knows who I am. Everybody knows. Like, oh, my God, yes, that's the end. That's the end. She rules. Yeah, yeah. That's the lady that called me peeing. She called me a C. She called me a C, yeah, yeah. I got fans. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I like that that it's her sister is the one that's leaving all the negative comments. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When she lists her negative comments, like the first one was like, then I'm an embarrassment. Yeah. And then they're going to kill me. Anyway, that's my sister. (laughs) Um, So that was the first article. So Deanna King becomes an internet celebrity because of her viral video. This is kind of like her redemption article. CBC goes back, and if you see the video, she's, like, sitting on her couch, her hair's done, mm-hmm. rather than, like, a backwards baseball cap and glasses. Uh, so it's kind of like a bit of a redemption thing. At the end of this, I'm like, yeah, I like Deanna King. Um, there's another follow-up article that comes out uh, about three years later, two years later. 
and this one uh, things are it's taking a bit of a darker tone and she's in the photo she's not looking as well i'm going to read you this one deanna king says she's getting evicted for kicking up stink about rats a conception-based South woman who gained notoriety last year after kicking up a fuss because of rats seen around her rented property says she's getting evicted for speaking out again about the same problem. Which I, I want to interrupt and just say, she wasn't in the video. She wasn't well, kicking up a fuss about the rats. that's what I wanted to talk rats. about. Um, it's like she's changed teams in this article already. Yeah, yeah, because when the very first story that was done, she was complaining about the neighbor. Bringing, bringing in, the news there because there is bringing no bringing the news yeah. there to talk about the rat problem. Yeah, she certainly wasn't kicking up a fuss about the rats. She was getting kicking up a fuss about the neighbor bringing CBC, and the neighbor was yeah, and the neighbor the creeping rat. around and being being in whatever. the night. Weird, <laughs> okay, creepy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me continue it here. So um, she's getting evicted for speaking out about the same problem. Deanna King said the town left a note on a garbage bin outside her home two weeks ago, stating that would, that workers wouldn't take the trash until the rat problem was fixed. According to King, she brought it to her landlord's attention. But she said he's done nothing about it, and now she's getting evicted. I'm getting kicked out because of all this. All he had to do was replace that garbage box. There'd be none of this, said Deanna King. I wouldn't have made the telegram again. That's the Newfoundland newspaper. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. made the telegram again if I wouldn't have made part two of the, la- of the rat lady story. King was first in the news in 2014 when she faced off with a neighbor complaining about rats in their neighborhood. CBC video of the confrontation became something of a local internet sensation. Since then, King said she had complained to landlord Les Thistle, who is responsible, she said, for maintaining the property. He knows the law because he's a lawyer, and he plays it out to the fullest, King said. I don't have to do that because I've got this much time. I can wait until this, I can wait until this happens. Well, the hell with you. Get on the ball. I don't get that statement. Let me read that again. I don't have the time to do that because I've got this much time. I can wait until this happens. Well, the hell with you. Get on the ball. That's a quote in an article. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine she's not realizing that she's not being filmed for this. And she's looking at the I've got this much time holding up like her oh, two fingers. Maybe. Because because mm-hmm. that... that I just want I'd like to hear the rest of the interview if if the quote they decide to print in the CBC article is I don't have time to do that because I've got this much time I can wait until this happens well the hell with you get on the ball <laughs> That's a great quote Yeah uh, go yeah on. yeah there's a lot of great quotes throughout this entire yeah. saga with yeah. with her However King says she's been landed with an eviction notice because of all her complaining Someone's got to stand up to him I do have a big mouth and I will cause trouble if it need to be. So why should he get his rent and leave me in the dirt? It's not fair to me or anyone else here. You know, I really don't care. If I leave the building, I'll make sure he puts it up to code or whatever comes in after me. Bottom line, I started it. I'll finish it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, little little to none of that makes sense either. No. um, But she's saying it. Uh, so, so the landlord was unavailable for an interview, but confirmed to CBC News he is kicking King out of the apartment. According to Thistle, he hasn't heard from the town about any problems, but he has plans to repa- but he does have plans to replace the garbage bin. The landlord told CBC News that King has been a difficult tenant who stirs up trouble, and that he does not want any more attention on his property. He said King texts him about it all hours of the day and night, and that King is just looking for attention. 
adding that he lost other tenants because of her. Meanwhile, King says she wants to make sure something is being done about the rats in the property. You get the rats out of here. You get that garbage box taken care of so that everybody can walk by it without being fear of rats jumping out or jumping on us or one of the little girls out there trips in the grass and a rat happens to jump on them. <laughs> that's, how it ends. Uh, that's, that's the end of the article. It, it ends yeah. with this message. This is the message the article ends ends with for the landlord. You get the rats out of here. You get the garbage box taken care of so that everybody can walk by without being in fear of rats going to jump on us or one of the little girls out there trips in the grass and a rat happens to jump on them. <laughs> <laughs> that would never happen. A rat's not going to jump on you. Yeah, a rat might get a little aggressive if you corner it or something, but um, they're not leaping at people. <laughs> like at the girl, like a little girl trips in the grass and the rat's like, now's our chance. Yes, finally. Um, what a saga. It's funny because, again, in, in the original story back in 2014, um, she was angry at the neighbor for, for causing a stink about the rat problem, right? And she didn't see it like in the original article uh, video, unless I'm mistaken, she didn't even really acknowledge the rats are an issue. No, she was disregarding it. And now the city has put a note in this circumstance. The city puts a note on the garbage bin that says they will not collect the garbage from it until the rats are dealt with. So then this starts to affect her in her regular life. So now the rats have become her problem. And then she deals with every problem the same way. Like just just spouting rock. off on the news? Yeah, just, just yelling at news reporters. <laughs> um, and it's she wants the, the garbage box replaced. I don't know if that would solve a rat problem. This garbage box in question is this beat-up old wooden thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it would help, but... I just feel like someone just needs to hire like a pro exterminator to deal with like our, our pest management. Yeah, and clean out the, the box. You know, I'm sure if you cleaned out the box, like what's probably happening now is garbage is collecting in it. Rats have nested in it. It just needs, you need to get the rats out, you know, get some, you know, friendly gonna, um, traps around and, and yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap this up. Um, I uh, in the last episode I made a call out for people who had stories related to Tim Hortons, either experiences they had there, comments, or concerns, or ideas about their products. I'd love to hear from anyone with that. And I I did express as well an interest in stories that relate to working at backs uh, working at gas stations in Canada. Yeah, I did get a, uh, a couple in the back uh, shift. Yeah. Yeah, I did get already uh, two messages from past backshift gas station employees, but I would like to hear from more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, let's 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 get those messages in. We was, you know, especially any uh, Tim Horton defenders out there. I'd really like to hear from someone who has the guts to come on and defend that company. All right. Well, Aaron. Until next time. Ah. Uh, look out for the, the rats. The world is a vampire. I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I for our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part, I want to give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. I'd also like to thank Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. I'd like to thank you, Nicole, for contributing the intro and outro narration. 
And most importantly, I want to give a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, please make sure you're listening on the premium feed. But not only does it make the show possible, the premium feed will give you more of each topic than you find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. So for about the price of a cup of coffee, keep the show alive and give yourself more of it at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And on the topic of the premium feed, let me thank the newest subscribers. Dallas, Kim, and Amanda, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it with a premium feed subscription, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on your social media and letting any like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or contribute a voice memo for a future episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. And you can also find me on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Beautiful, serene, majestic, the true north, strong and weird. 